0: Hello and welcome back. It is Empire, the Cop Insider. We've got the lovely Neil Jones and I'll be your host, Farrell Keeling, today. Uh, Neil, I mean, that's what I probably call our first proper, true, whatever you want to call it, league defeat of the season, bearing in mind the officiating horror that took place at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium earlier in the season. Um, I mean, not really offering a great deal in the first half, uh, maybe sort of a typical Liverpool sort of story this season. Uh, much improvement after the tactical tweak to go into the second half um, level, courtesy of one of the most bizarre own goals of the season. Um, momentum shifts and Liverpool do look like they can slowly build to a potential winner uh, in London. Uh, then the, our moment of madness happens, of course, which is, you know, quite rare given the players involved were suddenly not as composed. And we're, ultimately, we're not really seeing a lot of answers from the players we typically like to see getting answers from um, and you know to see as as we say the mistakes of their nature from Alisson and Van Dyke are extremely rare Trent is understandably rusty we're looking like we're missing Conor Bradley McAllister's probably the sole shining light in midfield after we get the news about Sir Bosley. and Nunez is then probably brought on too late to influence things I mean is that all would you say that's a fair assessment? Um, There's a lot in there and um... Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I think I don't think Liverpool can have too many complaints with the re- result um, and the outcome and the way the game panned out. I think they'll have some regrets over the manner in which it, it happened. You know, it, it was a it was probably a three one game, all told. But when it went to two one, it it wasn't that kind of game, and it was it was sort of. It, it came from nowhere, really, didn't it? And I, I wouldn't have had any, or wouldn't have been at all surprised, had the game petered out into kind of a one-one draw, where both sides are almost settled for it. But like you say, two of the most reliable performers, two of the best players in the team, can combine to produce a, a once a once a season goal, really, isn't it? You know, you don't you don't see many of those from Allison, you don't see many of those from Van Dyke, you don't see many of those from Liverpool, and for it to come when the game was in the balance, I think we'll hurt even more because I think Liverpool had felt like they'd ridden out the sort of the worst of the storm, if you like. They've seen in, in, in the games against Arsenal this season that when it gets into the last half hour, it's been Liverpool that have taken control or, or certainly Arsenal haven't been able to take control. So they might have fancied their chances of, of maybe even going on and getting a winner. But mistakes change games, goals change games. And I think overall, personally, I, I don't think Liverpool could have any any sort of... Uh, grumblings about the result. They might have minor quibbles about one or two things that happened in the game, but really, this was a game that was, you know, defined by a mistake, but dominated really from the the, the start by Arsenal.
0: No, absolutely, and I, I think it almost adds to that sense of it being very much feeling like a one-off, mm. a, a blip almost. I, I think you know it wasn't. A solid account of what Liverpool are certainly capable of this season. Yeah. We seen Liverpool be capable of critically in second halves. Um, so not really an accurate indication. I, I
1: think in I think you have to give I think you have to give Arsenal credit. You know you have to you have to give them that they they've got a good history against Liverpool starting the game really quickly. Having you know you think last season they were a goal up after a minute. I think they were they were two up after twenty eight at Anfield. They were a goal up inside four minutes at Anfield earlier this season um they 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 dominated the first half in the cup game obviously even though liverpool ended up winning the game so they 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 seem to have the, the formula for for getting in amongst liverpool quickly in, in games and and liverpool I, I i would have hoped and expected that they would come out a little bit more smart and sharp than they did but they they weren't they were second best they were off it and they were they found it hard to play um they found it hard to get forward they found it hard to get out didn't create much so i think that was one of those Games where you, you sort of look at it and think, well, on another day, you, you don't make that mistake and you get away with it 1-1. One, one, and people say that's a pretty good away point um, on this occasion. The luck run out a little bit, I suppose. And, and um, you know, they can wipe them out, dress themselves down and, and, and look to go again. I think, I think you know, we're we'll going to talk about it, I'm sure. But the, the positive thing is, you look at the next four fixtures Liverpool have got in the league, plus the cup game and obviously a cup final. They've got games that they should be expecting to to, to win and to, to get back in. So there's an opportunity there for them to get right back into the uh, into the groove very quickly.
0: No, you, you know you're absolutely correct. Absolutely, I, I think it, it's certainly not shouldn't be taken as a little indication of where Liverpool are in the title race. Um, you know we, we talk, and we hear endless sort of talk about City's brilliance and their capability of pulling together sort of a string of impressive results and. I think you certainly shouldn't assume that City will drop points, but it's it's certainly possible that they could. I think it's worth certainly bearing in mind they've already lost three league games uh, against uh, Villa, Spurs. No, sorry, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Villa- yep, there we go. Arsenal, ah, yeah. oh, so there you go. So <laughs> it, it's but you know you hear sort of the post-match sort of discussions on Sky Sports and. Roy Keane sort of going, oh, you know, I know I may have a quote here. I know Liverpool had an off day and still think Arsenal are nice on the eye, but I still couldn't see these two teams finishing ahead of Manchester City. I mean, let's not pretend that City are absolutely invincible, nor that they're at the kind of levels we've seen from them in recent years. It's still an incredibly formidable side, but I don't think, in the same sense that we can say Liverpool perhaps haven't hit the peak that we've seen, City aren't quite there either. Um you know, I I think it's certainly possible they could still have them dropping more points before the season's over. Um and then, you know, I, I think it, this is a title race, isn't it? It's not going to be perhaps a procession for any one team.
1: No, no, Liverpool are still in the position. I know City are as well, but Liverpool are still in the position where if they win every game, they win the league. So that's 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 the best position you can be in uh in, in that regard. Um City have obviously still got to play the two teams around them. They've obviously, you know, they're, they're, they're not infallible. They're, they're close to and they're, they're, they're they, um, you know, the best uh, the best around really of putting, putting sides to beds, you know, especially early on in games they they have that capability of making life very easy for themselves. But there's time to go. There's a lot of games. They've got a tough game tonight. They play Brentford away, you know, on a Monday night with with Ivan Toney back and a, a Brentford team that needs results and needs points so there's 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 opportunities definitely for for Liverpool and Arsenal to think that they can you know if they win their games they're going to be in the mix i i, I think we we talked about this weekend and we? we said you know season defined. i think arsenal had to win this game i no make no mistakes i think city city couldn't lose this game i think if they'd have lost the game i think their title bid would have been over i couldn't have seen them clawing back an eight-point deficit when they've got to go to City and they've got to go to Tottenham and they've got games coming up, that, you know, Champions League games that are going to get in the way and things like that, I think eight points would have been too much, they've won, they've put themselves in the mix but they've only put themselves in the mix with Liverpool and with City, it's not It's not a case if they've knocked Liverpool out of the title race, they've, they've held on to Liverpool's coattails and fair play to them but um, it looks at the moment like a, a three-horse race, I, I I agree, in a way, with Roy Keane, in the sense of I think it would be a surprise if either Liverpool or Arsenal finished above City. But it's not beyond the realms, definitely, and there's going to be a few more twists and turns. I've been looking already on you know, in early March in that game at Liverpool against Manchester City. I think if the title race is in the balance when that game comes around, then, yeah, I think they might be singing a different tune.
0: I think it's almost, I mean, we'll have to see, obviously, how the, how the results go, but it's almost looking like a must-win uh, game and certainly, I mean, you'd certainly you'd want it to be at Anfield, you know, with Klopp sort of whipping up the crowd. Um, it's the perfect opportunity. I mean, you mentioned earlier, certainly the the fixtures aren't looking terrible for Liverpool at this point. You know, wow. we're coming up against Burnley at home, Brentford away. Um, you've then got the cup fixtures, of course, as the big final. Um, and then after that, you're, you're off to Nottingham Forest before you host yeah. City, and it, it's. With-
1: well, there's a rearranged game at Luton in there as well at home, which comes just before the final. So that I mean that gives Liverpool a chance to make some ground without the other teams playing. I think as well. I don't. I'm obviously I think that's a fixture that that would have been played on the, the Carabao Cup final weekend. That gets played a few days before, so Liverpool can put a bit of pressure on the other teams as well by winning in midweek. And you know, all of a sudden, okay, it might be a false gap, but all of a sudden the gap can be eight, eight or nine points, and everyone's going, "Wolf, okay, that's a long way." Even if you've got games in hand and. and I, that's why I think Liverpool. The next month was always going to be cruise. This month was always going to be a very, very big month with with the final, but also with Arsenal, um, in in the mix. But I think Liverpool have got. It's a challenge, and I think there'll be some people who would maybe almost rather have better sides because they think Liverpool play better against better sides. But I, I don't see it that way. I think I think Burnley look is a win that Liverpool have got no excuses to not win at Burnley. They've had some trouble at Brentford, but Brentford have been a bit, you know, different this season. So. We'll see where the Liverpool have grown in that regard. Then you've got Luton and Forest. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about what four teams in the bottom six, I think, of of the Premier League. You, you know, you, you can't be you can't be looking at those with trepidation. You've got to be looking at those as opportunities for Liverpool to get four wins, twelve points, and then go into that City game absolutely flying. Um, which would be yeah, that would be some occasion, wouldn't it, if Liverpool have picked up maximum points in the next four.
0: I mean, you're talking about their positioning. I mean, you've, you've got to be beating these, these sides close to the bottom of the table. It's, it's as simple as that if you have any sort of title aspirations. Um, I, I mean, we'll, we'll move on from that result, blip as it is, uh, up the reds, Burnley next to Anfield. Um, it's a perfect opportunity, of course, to bring back optimism, but I do want to talk about something that is perhaps, 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 less sort of optimism-inspiring, of course, and that is Jürgen's uh, looming exit at the end of the season. Um, I believe you got the news right about the time that you were entering the Anfield Rap HQ. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I listened uh, to uh, that actually, you know, and it was actually quite uh, soothing and, and cathartic. Uh, to- you know, you
1: know <laughs> I, I said this to Josh from the Anfield Rap on uh, on Friday, I said to him, I'm glad we did that, I said, because I've got that, I've got my, you know, like when people say, oh, how did you react to the, the clock? Yeah. I've got it, I've literally got an episode. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that, was, that was instant reaction. You, know, you talk about sort of quick Quick fire news cycle and twenty four seven news that was that was quick fire reaction to to you know, the biggest bombshell
0: of all really. No, it, it was nice to have that and sort of go oh fantastic. There's people who feel how <laughs> I feel about the situation. Um, I mean, it, 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 on our end at Empire, we have prepared a, a crap ton of data to just to discuss potential transfer targets between now and and the summer window. <laughs> obviously, that got torn out. Um, and sort of, we just didn't decide that. I suppose we didn't really decide to go through it in, in the moment and kind of unleash those those emotions. Um, but, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'd love to know certainly what was going through your mind right at the time that you received this news. And now that you've had time to kind of reflect on it and really sort of process it, where is your head at now around around sort of Jürgen's planned exit?
1: Yeah. Um, well, at the time, it, it was so unexpected. I don't... You look at it and you think, "Oh God, what a terrible, what a, what a terrible journalist you are!" Really, because you, you didn't have a clue. But also, there was a Thursday press conference, <laughs> and I sort of just remember remarking to people, saying, "That's a bit weird, isn't it?" You know, he's doing that, and sort of never, you know. I suppose that tells you how unexpected well it was. It just didn't twig that it would be anything to do with something so seismic. Um, yeah, I think I think the way I'd, I'd reflect on it is, it's it's going to change a lot of things, isn't it? You know, both. At the club, certainly, and and around the club, but I think for supporters, for for people who cover the club, obviously, like myself, for people who who dedicate their lives to, to following Liverpool, it feels like a lot's going to change, and it, it, it's going to be hard. You know, it's going to be hard to imagine what the future looks like. It, you know, not in a not necessarily in a an entirely negative way, but just in a you know the the sort of calmness around the manager situation since Jürgen came in has just been, you know. It's been beautiful, hasn't it? You know, you've never really had to worry. You know, you, I always remember you'd see the sort of the the next manager shortlist or the next the sack race, you can call it, where, you know, you'd always see a couple of managers that pop up and you get the betting um, emails off people where they say, oh, all of a sudden, you know, Antonio Conte is now the favourite to be sacked next or whoever. And you never have to worry about that with Liverpool because Jürgen's never, ever felt like he's been under pressure. Even though he's had tough times, he's felt secure and the club's felt secure around him. Um, so we're gonna have to deal with obviously a a change in that regard. Um I understand I understand the way where he was coming from and the uh, the reasoning that he gave. I think you know, you look at it'll be pretty much nine years by the time he leaves in, in the summer, and you think of the energy that he must have expended in that time, you think of the the, the strain that he must have put on himself in you know in, in terms of not just you know bad enough really having to Having to sort of get the the shit back on track, um, or shit, the shit back on 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 um calm waters. But then to, to then right, we're going to go for the the, the the real big stuff now as well. We're going to go and try and chase Manchester City. We're going to try and win Champions League final. They've had disappointments, so many disappointments. You know, you think I, I remember I remember someone saying to me after the end of the the, the, the after the Paris final, I think Liverpool were five. I think five games away from being three times Premier League champions, three times Champions League winners, and having had a hundred point season and an unbeaten season um, in, that, in, in that time. I mean, that you know, that, and that's if that's if five games go slightly different. I think if you think of the the, the City game at, at the Etihad with the Sané moment, obviously the two Champions League finals, um, the, the you know either or any game from the 2022 season. Um, and I think that, yeah, so you, you you look at that and think that's how close Liverpool have been to sort of any era of dominance. They haven't had it, but they've had lots of success. But you imagine the, the toll that must take on a manager who's, who's obviously his job is to be responsible for all of that. You know, he's 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 not just a player who has to has to play and has to deliver. He's someone who's responsible for all of those players, all of those staff, all of the fans, all of the, the you know the sort of um, the questions that get asked and the the sort of the, the emotional. Um, roller coaster that everyone goes on. He's a representative of that, isn't he? So I I understand his reasoning, and I, I I don't I wouldn't say you know now now you sort of see it, but the more you the more you think about it, the more you do sort of see that the the maybe the, the maybe there were a few signs there, maybe the, the the change in Liverpool's approach, the maybe. Things like signing Endo, we you know with a sort of like, let's just do it. You know, let's let's get a short term player in rather than sort of doing what we might have done if, if Klopp was definitely going to be there for the next three four years. You know, and we'll we'll um will we'll think for the long term. Maybe some of the the in game decisions that he's made this season, where he, you know you felt like he's maybe been a bit more quicker to gamble. Those kind of things. Maybe you've seen a little sign that Jurgen's sort of wanting this to be the you know the the perfect ending. It's still got a real good chance. You know, I you know the league might be toughest of them all to win, but there's still a chance of that. And the other three are all very winnable competitions in my eyes. So there's still ample opportunity for Liverpool to give him a, a perfect or a very good send-off. And wouldn't he deserve it? You know, he's been he's been absolutely amazing. And I, I said this to be honest. I don't know if I said it on that Ramfield Rap show that you listened to, but I said it he's changed he's changed my life, you know, as a reporter and as a journalist. You know it, I, I spent the first four or five years of my 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 life report on Liverpool. I think I had four managers, um, you know, between 2010 and, and and 2015, um, and oh, apart from maybe one one real sort of season with Brendan Rodgers, it it wasn't really a happy time. You know, there's a lot of questions getting asked, a lot of criticism aimed at the players. That some of the players weren't particularly popular. Some of the you know, that some of the managers weren't particularly popular, and. Yeagen's changed all that and he's made it a joy to cover Liverpool over the last eight, nine years. Um he's taken me to some of the, the best places I've ever been to in terms of you know physically and emotionally. Um I've I've been fortunate enough to, to report on three Champions League finals. I was in the stadium when Liverpool won the league. So I have a lot to thank Jürgen yeah, Klopp for, and I'm sure I'm not alone in
0: amongst that in, in
1: terms of people connected with Liverpool.
0: Only really fair then that we can uh Hopefully, as a fan base, play a part in 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 steering this Liverpool side to as many titles and trophies uh, as possible. uh, This I'm just thinking of
1: Dublin. I'm just thinking of Dublin (laughs) in in, uh, May. Yeah, it could be it could be one of the all time great seas of red, couldn't it? I think you know we talk about the sea of red uh, shirts and scarves and whatever. I think it could be one of the all time great ones
0: that. We have to make that. We we just have to. I, I think Liverpool should. And Liverpool can, but Liverpool have to make that. Um, It would just be absolutely heart-wrenching if we didn't get to that final in in Dublin. Um, I mean, we're we're strapped for time, so I'll I'll move on to the next topic, of course. And what has dominated a lot of the the discourse that's followed, of course, Klopp's news is, well, what next, really? Um, The the search for replacement, we know it's going to be an extremely thorough meticulous process. William Spearman is going to be, of course, playing a leading part in terms of the data crunching. We've got the highly competent Mike Gordon. Uh, FSG have also reportedly hired uh, former Red Sox general manager, uh, Theo Epstein, who won with them twice uh, the world championship uh, at the helm, um, to be a senior advisor. So he will have some input on that, on that process, but more broadly FSG initiatives, um, Across their sort of wider portfolio, um, but so we know the best people are looking at this, uh, and we're looking for a profile that matches the squad. Um, I suppose the question is: Do you feel the ch- Do you feel the next candidate the next potential coach of Liverpool will be an obvious choice, or could we yeah. expect a surprise hire, a spanner in the works? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's.
1: There isn't an obvious choice. I know, I know there's an obvious name in, in, in Jabi Alonso <laughs> has been linked, you know, in, in the sense of that feels like what you mean by the obvious choice. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but even that's not an obvious choice in, in a way, in the sense of, you know, he's not that proven, is he, you know, and he could, Absolutely. you know. There's every chance, you know. I listen, I, I hope, and, and I think, I think it would be very fitting if so. But there's every chance that he ends this season disappointed as well. You know, second in the Bundesliga and not winning, a, you know, at the Europa League or whatever. So there is every chance that you're looking at Javi Alonso and saying, "Well, he's not yet won anything as as a manager." Um, I don't see any. I don't see sort of people. You go, ah, that's 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 the manager there. You know, that, that sort of the 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 one that the safe pair of hands, if you like. Um I think every every option Liverpool have can be picked apart and can have positives and negatives. So, you know, you look at you look at sort of up and coming managers and obviously Alonso, Roberto Di Servi, you might say lot um, you know, there's a there's a few others that have have had moments where you've sort of thought, all right, they're ready to move on to a big club. Um some have, some haven't. You know, I think Eric Ten Hag's probably an example of someone who did and the, the jury's out on him in that regard. So I'm not sure you can sort of hang your hat on one of the, the up-and-coming managers in, in European football. You look at, you know, for example, Simone and Zaghi, what a job he's done at into Milan, you know, obviously got them to a Champions League final, right up the top of the, 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 the Serie A. But even if Liverpool took him, This summer, you wouldn't go right, that's that's it, Like That's that's going to be great, you know. You'd be going, okay, that's there's there's still sort of um, there's still questions to be asked or answered, should I say. Me personally, I think Alonso will be at the top of the list. Um, and and the reason for that is I think it's a a, a matter, a couple of things. Well, obviously, one, he's obviously a very good manager, two, he's got a Liverpool connection, three, he's got a a record and a a history of, of dealing with. Young footballers and and having an influence on young footballers, he's done it obviously with Real Saucy, that's B team. He's had he's had an influence on on a few players who've gone on and had success with the first team, and he's done it at Leverkusen as well with a lot of good good young talented players. And the other thing is, I think timing wise, I think it might be it might be the only chance you get to hire someone like Javi Alonso. Um, you know, you you weren't expecting obviously Klopp to be gone at, at this stage, but. Alonso is going to go and manage one of the big clubs. You think it's pretty obvious he's going to go manage at a higher level and buy a Leverkusen with all due respect to them. And if you don't do it now, you might be looking in two years' time and saying, Well, look at that. Javi Alonso's winning the Champions League year after year with Real Madrid or Bayern Munich or Manchester City. And you didn't hire him um, when you had the chance. So I think that all. For me, would be the reason why I would I would go for Alonso. I think you could make a similar point with Taseri, you know, in the sense that I think he's going to go manage at a higher level, and you might look at him in the same manner. But I think he's a. I don't know whether he's a more specific kind of manager for for a specific kind of club. I'm not sure um, whether whether he would he would maybe fit the sort of the Liverpool the Liverpool style, um, or whether he would. You know, this squad would be what he would he would want. I'm sure he I'm sure he would find a way to get get success out of it. But I, I think maybe Alonso would be the one I would have just at the uh, at the head of the queue. Um, and as I say, beyond those two, really, and you know, obviously there's a couple of other names that all often get linked, and there's some you know sort of mischievous ones that always get thrown into the mix. I don't see too many sort of you know nailed on alternatives that I would go. Actually, do you know what? This is the man that needs to replace Jurgen Klopp because he's, you know, he he's got the, the all of the things that you need. I I look at it and say, well, you're going to have to take a gamble with your appointment. Whatever you're doing, I think you may as well take a gamble on someone who looks like to me like the destined for the top.
0: It's hard, isn't it? Because as you've rightly already sort of alluded to, I mean, anyone that comes in after Jurgen Klopp is going to be a downgrade. In some respect, even if they reach a point, say two, three years into their Liverpool uh, role, where we get to a point where we're winning trophies and we go right, this is Liverpool as we know it—successful, aggressive, you know, playing the playing the kind of football the fans want to see—they're going to be a downgrade at least initially. Um, I, I mean, I'd certainly agree. There are certain names I look at and go, "I'm, I'm, I'm not even particularly enthused about that prospect." Um, not, not to be disparaging to their sort of coaching talents, but certainly no. I wouldn't. Necessarily, be jumping yeah. for George say, Julian Nagelsmann or Ange Postecoglou. Well,
1: I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking here. I'm looking at the. This, this is just an odds checker. So, of course, this is just a sort of a, a, a synopsis, if you like. But there's, there's eight names on the, on the, on the list that I can see here: Alonso, De Servi, Pet Linders. Which, okay, you know, you can make a, a, an argument for that, but you can also make a very strong counter argument. Julian Nagelsmann, Unai Emery, Ruben Amarim, Zinedine Zidane, and Steven Gerrard. they they're the top eight names that have been listed here now that you know that y- you can't look at any of those people and say well there's a, you know there's the obvious answer or there's that there's the sort of guaranteed success so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to gamble now you can gamble in more than you can gamble in different ways you can gamble on the sort of tried and trusted but that would be a gamble like jose Mourinho, for example is available right you could gamble. you <laughs> know that that that's that's tried and trusted, isn't it? You know, in terms of inverted commas. But that's a gamble. Wow, that is that a gamble? You know, you could you could go with the, the club legend Steven Gerrard. You know, wow, connection with the fans. You know, absolute legend at, at Anfield. And has had a little bit of success in his managerial career, albeit you know earlier in his manager But wow, that's a gamble. Unai Emery, what a track record! What a what a fantastic job he's done at Aston Villa. You know, Europa League specialist. You know, top top manager. It's a gamble, isn't it? He's he's not he's not proven himself at a club at Liverpool's level. He's failed at a club at Liverpool's level, really twice. You know, in terms of when he went to Paris Saint-Germain, when he went to to Arsenal, he he, he wasn't able to to deliver. So that's a gamble. So pick your gamble, really, is is the sort of is the message, isn't it? And I, I just haven't. I don't know. Listen, things might change and things might you know move into into different areas in the next next few weeks and months. But I look at it and think. At some point, Xabi Alonso is going to manage Liverpool, Bayern Munich or Real Madrid. So, if you think that's going to happen, make sure you have the first dibs on him. Really, you know, let, let, Let's see, if we want to learn if he's, if he's good enough for the top level, let's not let him learn at Bayern Munich or Real Madrid, let's let him learn at Liverpool. And if he is, then, you know, job done.
0: Now, I suppose you have to it's as you say, isn't it? Is, is it going to hurt more to see him win things with Bayern yeah. or Real Madrid than and, and it and would if think... he stay to stay Liverpool?
1: And I do think I've spoken to people, I did the profile on, oh, I, I featured on Jabby when I was a, a goal, when he just went into Leverkusen actually. Um, and I spoke to people who'd worked with him and, you know, his old, um, his old technical director with Sociedad um, B team and, you know, a few people who, who'd, who'd been coached by him. And I think he's got the personality to handle the pressure. I think he's that kind of character where, you know, he was like that as a player, wasn't he? But I don't think I don't think he'll be daunted by going in. I don't think he'll sort of you'll see him go in and be a bit wild or or make you know rash decisions or anything like that. I think he's a very measured person. You know, he plans his career. You look at his career. I mean, I'm pretty sure Javi Alonso, the day he quit football, could have taken a head coach job somewhere. You know, and and had a go. He didn't. He went to Real, Real Madrid, sort of, with Cantera and really sort of. You know, learned it almost at almost a grassroots level. You know, with, with with coaching. Then he went to Sociedad, one of his former clubs, and he learned he learned how to coach. But also at a club that needs to produce players, so where where the demands for for youth development are huge. Where you know they they depend on 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 their academy <coughs> more than more than most, um, and they're in a competitive league at the same time. So he he learned the ropes there, and now he's gone to Leverkusen, where you know it was a tough situation. A lot of people looked at it and said, yeah. They're underachieving, and the squad's got potential. But they were in the relegation zone. They were, they were, you know, if either, if either started really poorly, and they, they could easily have found themselves in a dogfight. As it was, they, they they rose and rose, and they, you know, they've been incredible this season. Obviously unbeaten in, in all competitions. So he's he's had success, he's had growth, and he's done he's done a, a lot of sort of building towards becoming a, a top coach. So. Look, it's probably arrived earlier than, than he, he or, or Liverpool would would ideally have wanted. Um, but I think timing means that... I, for me, it's not... I wouldn't say it's the obvious solution, but it's, I think it's the best solution, you know, looking around. Uh,
0: to be fair, I mean, I have a look at the names I've got. Like, I suppose Ruben, Ruben Amoram was the one that kind of stuck out in the sense that a good, really good young coach, won the title in the, the League Cup in his first season. He's got sporting... Uh, that was their first title in 19 years. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it has to come down to more than just the sort of coaching ability. And I think you want an emotional connection with a Liverpool manager. I think that's what you want. It, that's where that's how you get the best out of the manager. That's how you get the best out of the fan base. It's how you get the best out of the club. Yeah. Ultimately, I, I think if you see Alonso coming in, whilst you can make the argument and say, right, he's not managed a lot. I think it's like how many games is it I've got here? Sixty-six matches in senior management. Uh, we, we buy yeah. Um You can make the arguments against, but I want to have that connection. Whoever walks in through the door, I want to. I'm sure every Liverpool fan does. We want to go. Absolutely love the seller. Absolutely 100. Yeah. we back in, back into the hilt in every single game. You know, it, we we want to have that connection. We want to go into that game and feel that you know it's one of us. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and like, I agree, You know what I, I mean? Agree. And I also I think as well, if you look at where where other clubs are at. Uh, they're going down that route a little bit, aren't they? You know, you're looking at other clubs, a little bit of the Liverpool model. That maybe there was a, a time where clubs like Arsenal or Tottenham would would, would go for the results. Really, they, they you know it was about no, no, we need we need winners, we need win people who, who know how to win. You look now, the success of Arsenal. A lot of it, I think, is based on 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 reconnecting the crowd with the team and and creating atmospheres like we saw yesterday and getting you know. Whatever you think of Arteta, some of our antics, I think sometimes it's a bit over the top. But boy, when you're watching him, if you're if, if you're an Arsenal fan, you're thinking, Oh, this manager wants to win, doesn't he? And he wants to win for us. You think the same with Spurs with Postacogalo, what he's he's done this season. You look at Chelsea struggles to do that. Chelsea have just been unable to do it. You know, they've had many, many goals, but you look at when they had success. It was when they were able to do that, wasn't it? With Mourinho in particular, um, they were able to get behind that kind of kind of person. Um you know, Manchester United similar that their best spell in, in, in sort of recent times was when they had that connection with Solskjaer, and obviously it didn't it didn't work out, but they, they found a way for a brief period to do it. Um Liverpool, I think, need to do that. I don't think Liverpool could go down a, a said, For example, I don't think Liverpool could have someone like Unai Emery as their manager because I and, and and this I say this with the greatest respect with Emory and I, I think he's I think he's a top manager, I really do. But I just think he would be hard. Communication maybe wouldn't be the the same. The the the, the sort of the, the feeling around the place wouldn't be the same. Sometimes maybe the way the way the Liverpool play wouldn't be the same to sort of get the crowd engaged. So I think that would be difficult for them. I think they need. I think you're right. I think they need someone that they can look at and think he's us on 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 the sideline. And look, Javi Alonso won the Champions League. But listen, I know he, he left and he you know he's walked away from Liverpool before and he you know he's. Fought for a move away from Liverpool before, but he was a, a player that had full respect and was loved by by the, the team. he was involved in success. Obviously, had an affinity with the the city. He was known, obviously, that he you know he lived he lived in the city centre. He didn't sort of you know he, he he embraced the culture when he came over. I think his his son's called John, is he? And I think a lot of people would just sort of laugh at it, so, you know, that kind of um, that John Alonso just sounds yeah, he sounds like a, a sort of a Liverpool fella, doesn't he? Um, so he's got an affinity with the place. He's been back for Legends games and got great receptions and, and and that kind of thing. He's obviously as well got a reputation within the game. You know, okay, not maybe as a manager yet. Or it's a bit, it's a growing reputation. But he's a name that you'd want to play for, isn't he? You know, especially if you imagine you're a young midfielder who likes to pass the ball. You'd want to, you'd want to be getting trained by Xabi, wouldn't you? So I think he's got a lot in the in the ticks column for me for a Liverpool manager um, and. I agree with you in the sense of that that connection. That's what Klopp mastered, you know, naturally, really. You know, he didn't have to work at it too hard. I think he had it before he'd set foot in the city, really. But that's what he mastered, and that was a big part of Liverpool's success. It's been a big part of other teams' sort of growth in recent seasons as well. That that sort of fans, club players, manager sort of um, square, you know, making sure that everything's connected. I think I think Alonso would be the closest to that. Probably Gerard would be would be in that mix, but I think Gerard might have just I, I just I, I I would be very interested in this because imagine he was still managing Villa, even if Villa was sort of tenth in the Premier League, or you know, sort of just where where you'd you'd almost expect Villa to be. I think it'd be a nailed-on job that Steven Gerard would be the Liverpool manager by this point. or. Well, the next Liverpool manager, I think maybe what happened to Villa and what's obviously happened since in terms of Saudi Arabia, I think that might have just he might have just missed his 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 chance. But you never know. He'd certainly he'd certainly have the fans on side from from the minute one if he if he went in. You know if he walked to the dugout as Liverpool manager, there would be a you there would be a hell of a roar you would hear that day.
0: Absolutely. I mean that seems like a. An optimistic place uh, to leave this latest episode, I have to say. I'm feeling um, a lot better heading into the next <laughs> <of> the game. <laughs> <laughs> always, always good to have a chat with you, you know, always good. Um, well, this has been the Empire of the Cop Insider. We've had the lovely Neil Jones, and you can catch all of this wonderfulness and optimism and positivity on his Substack. We're covering Liverpool at neilj.substack.com. And, of course, he is on X uh, at neiljones.com. Goal uh, will, of course, be posting in this chat and lots of other goods and stuff on our own substack at EmpireTheCock.substack.com. Up the Reds. Let's see everyone at Burnley. Another three points on the cards, hopefully. Take care, all.